What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Future Money Show. Today, we talk about crypto maximalists, or in other words, people who are diehard crypto fans. We talk about uh, education, whether you should teach yourself or whether you should go to college and get an education. Uh, We talk about a lot of different tech companies and their metaverse plans for 2022 and what they're going to be making in the hardware space. Uh, We talk a lot about what we have planned for next year in 2022, since it's a new year. Uh, what are our plans for investing? What are our thoughts going into next year? And lastly, we end with some advice that we think could help everyone out. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. It's a really good one. We had fun shooting this one. This is the Future Money Show. Okay. So starting off this episode, I wanted to talk about something really interesting that I've noticed talking to people who are uh, invested in crypto. And that is whenever I talk to someone who's like really into crypto, I mean, not you, uh, but other people who are invested in it, they have this like, at least some of them, they have this unleveled belief in crypto. Like, like nothing is going to stop this thing. And <laughs> like, I don't know, they just have like this huge belief in it whereas you know if you talk to like an older person who's been through crashes of different industries who's been in the stock market and all these things they have an understanding of how things can crash and they don't have an uh, unrivaled belief in any of their investments you know and i think it's kind of common for like yet for younger people who are just in getting into the crypto space to feel that way and it kind of bugs me to be honest <laughs> um, Same. Yeah, it Same. kind of bugs me when people believe in it so strongly that they they forget about the doubts. They just and and the problems with it. Um, I don't know. Do you do you ever notice that you talk to people? Honestly, I guess because like I I, I think we talked about this briefly in one of like the earlier episodes, like very very brief. But for me, being all right, I've been in the crypto space for quite a long time now. Right, I'm going on what five years into the crypto into crypto. And I was in stocks at first. Like that's what got me like into financial markets because I was just hooked from the start. Now you're right. And to be honest, a lot of people that message me or even just conversations that I have with people like on like, you know, like Twitter or or just in general are people that have only gotten into crypto like when Bitcoin was already over 10K or even to be honest, mm-hmm. even over 20 so it's like people that haven't seen a sub 5k Bitcoin before and so on and so forth knows nothing about a prolonged bear market. Right. Like me, I was holding a bag after 2017 of my assets <laughs> because I, I, need, I needed to learn. Like that was a lesson I needed to learn. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. I took, I took profits. I did, I did okay. I mean, like, but that was when I first started to like really get into the markets, but yeah, no, like for, like for sure, you're hundred percent right. I am. I'm sick and tired of seeing people saying, oh my gosh, this thing's going to the moon. It's going to the moon. It's going to the moon. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not how it works. You have ups and downs and these markets are financial markets at the end of the day. They're made for people that understand these things. Like you will get, wrecked a whole leg of bag if you're going to the moon mentality like you have to you have to know certain things about markets like like crypto is new yes i 100 agree crypto isn't gonna go anywhere per se but that doesn't mean that it's um it can't get like crypto can't crash like Mm -hmm. it it definitely will me personally i see a 70 percent correction coming at least 
70% actually, 70 to 90% in certain assets. And I see that coming this year, to be honest, because the stock market is showing indicators of a crash that's supposed to come. Other markets are showing an indication of a crash that's supposed to come. And crypto is not going to be able to hide from that. A lot of money that is in the stock market will most likely shift into crypto, which is great. But that's going to start a utility bull run. So all these projects that people are hyping, like your Shiba and so on and so forth, like those coins are probably going to get 90% retraced for sure. And they're probably not going to recover. It's the utility assets that are going to stick around, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I, I see the same thing happening. Uh, I don't know about time frame. It's been a bull run for so long, you know, that, you know, it's it's time. I don't I don't know when that's going to be, but... It, it just go ahead no like even even that like how can i say this it depends on your even your perspective of a bull run though because I, everyone's perspective of a bull run is different technically crypto's bull is existence because when you really like when you really like break it down and think about it bitcoin from where it started to bitcoin to where it's now is still higher than what it was you yeah. know what i mean so it depends on when you get in in your investment i tend to go against what what the what the general consensus is because that's what has done me right this whole like my whole entire journey yeah and even like the mentors that i hold near and dear like and that i trust they go against what the norm is so when i'm hearing people saying like i are right, like take for example december december's done now we're in january happy yeah. new year everybody was good um everyone was talking about oh we're gonna hit the top of the cycle in december top of the cycle in december well where are we yeah <laughs> yeah we're in january where's my money yeah Somebody i was gonna say me. like it shows you how people really don't understand where, where it's going no nah. I, I would say 95 percent of whether it be influencers or people who are like bitcoin investors that everybody in the last six months i've heard say bitcoin is going to 100k by december literally everybody and the thing is with the, like the influencers there. though no it's not and to be honest my opinion is it's not going there i will stand firm in that stand solid in that but i don't think it's going to touch 100k this cycle because too many people expect it yeah i can i can see it making it in, into the 80s uh, and I'm happy that this is going to be documented. So <laughs> in the in the 80s, maybe I, I say probably 88k is the top. That's my that's my personal absolute top. If I'm wrong, I'll be happy. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because that means that my alts are going to have a higher higher explosion. So yeah. I'll be happy if I'm wrong, but I can't see it going to 100k. Maybe 92. That's the absolute top for me is 92k for Bitcoin this cycle. I think it will reach there eventually because it it is a store of value, but I can't see I can't see it going to 100k in this cycle personally. I think those projections are way thrown out. But you know what it is though, and it, you mentioned you said influencers because these influencers are paid obviously to right. shill shill everything. Now, because 100k is like a buzz phrase, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's like some of these projects that are like, oh, they're going to a dollar, for example. Like everyone's like, Doge is going to a dollar. Doge is going to yeah. a dollar. It's like a psychological uh, number. Yeah, Shiba's going to a dollar. Like, what if it hits a dollar? Like that kind of stuff, like that. So it's like a it's like a buzz phrase in your head, like, and it mm -hmm. sticks. So it may it makes sense, like, yeah. because yeah. So, but I don't think it's realistic. I don't think so either. It just seems like such such a big stretch to hit 100k. Absolutely, I believe 100k is coming. Just maybe not so as soon as everyone thinks. This this is interesting segue into a question I wanted to ask you. 
So with where we think crypto is going to be going in the future, I guess next year specifically, we have a lot, we have some big elections in the US coming up next year. And with crypto getting as big as it is, how far, like how long until you see political figures running on crypto? Because I, I don't know. I, the, this is the thing. I think it would be happening now if young voters voted as more, right? Like young voters don't vote very much. Their, their turnout's really low. So it, if someone who's a political figure wants to run on crypto, they're going to be targeting a lot of millennials, which they don't vote. So it's not even worth it to them. So uh, I, 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 I'll, I disagree with that last point, because mm-hmm. if, if all right, let me start here. A lot of politicians don't even know about crypto, to be honest. And if they were to bring in crypto as a part of their campaigning strategy, then I think it would attract young voters because it's something that they connect with. I mean, that's kind of like what we're doing. You know, we're trying to bridge that gap right now. And that is, in a sense, is a bridging of the gap. The thing about politicians are right now, um, I've watched so many meetings, especially in the U.S., uh, you know, like through Congress, to the OCC, to the SEC, to bas- like everyone, basically. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was funny. I don't know her name off the top of my head, but she kept referring to cryptocurrency as Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> th- that's that's not what it is. Like, it's it's and you, you've even said that as well. Like, yes, uh, Bitcoin is one coin. It is the biggest coin, but it is not the whole entire cryptocurrency space. Right. And people don't understand the difference between Bitcoin. Like, well, the politicians clearly don't understand the difference between Bitcoin and digital assets and what they mm-hmm. offer. So <laughs> I think some of the politicians were even pronouncing it wrong. And I'm like, all right, you guys have no clue. So I don't want to say, I don't want the US to get left behind, but the way that it's going right now, it seems like they want to be left behind because a lot of other countries are, are literally like way ahead of the US right now. I mean, China... Russia, Europe, they're all trialing their central bank digital currencies. Even countries in the Caribbean have central bank digital currencies launched. Yeah. And like Ukraine, Ukraine has adopted XLM as their as their as their builder for um for their central bank digital currency. It's like Yeah. Um the US definitely seems to be lagging in a lot of these things. Like we haven't had any advancement in this whole web three crypto space. And and you're totally right about politicians not knowing shit, basically, because I, I don't know if you, you've seen this clip, right? They when um, Mark Zuckerberg, no, was it Mark Zuckerberg? No, it wasn't Zuckerberg, but someone was testifying in front of Congress uh, about Instagram and the you know what a finsta is so it's like you have an instagram yeah. you have a finsta. Yeah. a finsta is just like a second instagram account that you have so that it's you like a burner like personal stuff that you don't want everyone yeah. to see so the the congress lady was like when are you gonna ban finsta and he's like they're like what do you, <laughs> what do you mean like Finsta is just an instagram account they're like no we like instagram but when are you gonna ban finstas and they were they couldn't understand that they were literally the same thing and they're right. wasting, you know they got what like 30 minutes to talk to congress they're wasting all that time trying to explain what a finsta is that's the thing like they're, they're literally so far behind i mean these are the people that are supposed to you know like run the country and bring adoption and like don't get me wrong 
I think it's going to be intervention from the private sector that is going to really push the innovation. That's what I believe. Cause they're like at some point, like it, it's just going to have to happen. Cause yeah, the U S is not going to fall behind. Like, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. If, but, if I was the U S I would really, it, I would recognize all these things and kind of lean into the private sector. Cause we have people like Elon Musk or Bill Gates or Zuckerberg who all you know, have changed the world before with their tech. Why doesn't the U.S. just lean into those people? You know who Brian Brooks is? Mm -mm. So Brian Brooks used to be at Coinbase. He was at Binance, and he was the interim head of the OCC for a little while. Now, he is a pro-crypto person and knows crypto like the back of his hand. And he made a statement the other day in the meeting with Congress that he said, you guys need to give clarity to what these things are. They are digital assets. You should allow people to buy and sell. If they are securities, then just list them on it. List them on the stock market. Then, mm-hmm. if that's if that's what you're gonna do. But he's like, you need to you need to bring about inclusion of these assets because this is this is where the world is going. Right. Yeah. They'll just as as long as the U.S. doesn't implement or start regulating or making things more readily available for everybody in the crypto space, they'll definitely fall behind. For sure. hundred percent. I think this, let's, let's shift into talking about the metaverse. Cause I think that would be good right now. Specifically. I wanted to talk about in regards to 2022, uh, a lot of these major tech companies, you know, they've given their timelines and kind of their plan for 2022, at least some of them. So I was going to go through and talk about some of them in regards to the metaverse. Cause some of them are crazy. So Meta being the craziest of them all, I did not know this. Did you know that Meta makes up of last year of all virtual reality hardware, 75% of it of, was bought from Meta. I did not know that. 75%. So they pretty much own the virtual reality space right now. There's no one else. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. they have the money, but that's, that's insane. 70, they have 75% market dominance, which is insane. Um, another thing that was crazy was this Christmas, the number one app on the app store, it just shot straight to number one was Oculus because everybody got an Oculus. <laughs> we talked, we talked, we talked about that. We yeah. talked about that on the, uh, when we were talking about Elon, Elon Musk and the Neuralink thing. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's insane. You it have one, shot, don't you? Yeah, I do. It shot to number one. So it just shows everybody gets Oculus for, for Christmas, but they are planning to release something in 2022 it's a new device they're trying to shift into not only virtual reality headsets which they have now which is kind of you put the headset on and it's fully immersive to augmented reality which kind of tries to like sync the outside world and the virtual reality world so there'll be sensors on the outside of it to to track what's around you it'll track your eyes that kind of thing face face recognitions so it'll be interesting to see the thing they come out with, but they're planning to do that in 2022. Apple is, is another one. They are planning to release a new product line, which is literally the first time thing, the first new product line that they release or new product category in I think seven years. You know, it's always been iPhones, AirPods, stuff like that. Yeah. So they're plan. They haven't announced a date that they're going to release it next year, but. Apple tends to not announce things uh, until they like announce releases until they are, are ready to be launched 
versus some, yeah, pretty much. some other companies they'll kind of try and build hype and announce it before it's even ready. So they haven't announced it officially, uh, but in their new iPhones, they have, they just implemented a new tech in them where it kind of is your phone's able to tell how far things are. So it's a new tech that they're definitely going to implement in their new stuff. But the question I have about Apple is its stock has just been ripping. Yeah, it's been ripping. It's been going up. I'm up probably 60% on Apple this year and there's no, there's no top in sight. And I feel like if they do successfully launch a a new product category in 2022, it will just launch it, you know, even further because their current stock valuation, what they're valued at right now does not include a new product line. So when they release it and they get into a new market, like it's going to make their stock go high for sure post crash though i still think that we're gonna have i think we're gonna have a crash before all those big innovations come back out yeah maybe uh, that'll be the catalyst to make a comeback yeah that's what that's what i think i think like a lot of i mean even for crypto the utility bull run i feel is going to come after we get some crashing yeah that's what i i believe i think that's when the adoption is going to come in which ties into the thing with apple i think adoption of these things or push of these things will come in after after we have whatever um narrative it is that causes the black swan event to happen and for those that don't know a black swan event just means like a unexpected quote-unquote unexpected event that causes crashes in markets usually yeah yeah i'd agree with that uh the next one was google google is taking the approach on augmented reality also, but they have been making the glasses. I mean, the, you remember when they first tried to launch Google Glasses? Yeah. It was a while ago. Didn't, didn't Snapchat do that too, the spectacles? I think so, yeah. yeah. I just remember everyone was like, this is the future, this is crazy, there's virtual, there's glasses now, you're going to be able to see like what you see on your phone and your glasses, but it never caught on ever, and apparently they've still been working on it a lot and they still are and they're putting even more money into it now uh so they'll they'll get into the hardware space with glasses but one thing that i was reading that google has might have a problem with in 2022 and going forward in this space is that right now android is the most uh is the most popular operating system in the world and that's made by google so that that's like a huge portion of their company is yep. the operating system and with this new all of this new hardware coming in if they're not able to capitalize on a new hardware system or a new operating system or you know updating the android system so it can be used on these new hardware they could really get overtaken by someone else like apple so, yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know that was that was something very interesting that i thought that could be a problem for google last one is microsoft uh, the last of the big companies which is one of the most interesting that I researched. So they are doing the whole VR glasses and everything next year, but they have been focusing on not necessarily the recreational use of virtual reality, um, but more the operational. So in the sense of training people, like uh, let's say medical personnel, uh, if if they wanna practice surgeries, if they can, give them a headset and they can practice a hundred times and not on a real person. That'd be great. So that's what kind of what they've been focused on. One, their one of their biggest contracts was the army, which this is crazy to me. Uh, I'll use their exact words. It says, well, basically they gave the army 
a bunch of VR headsets. It was a $2.2 billion deal. And it was to give to the soldiers so that they could train and increase lethality was, was their wording. <laughs> that so, just sounds scary. <laughs> war, war zone, Call of Duty in real life, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, they're training the army how to kill people better. And so it's like basically sharpening, I guess, sharpening up, you know, the tools. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty much what it is. I mean, I can see it being very helpful. It's almost like a like a pilot being in a simulator for yeah, X yeah, amount of time. Point. Like, yeah, I guess. Crazy, though. So they're also focused, which I know Facebook <laughs> is doing this also. They're trying to create like a digital workspace also for people to do go to meetings or stay at home and work. Yeah. Uh, even Bill Gates said that he's like, they're going to, Microsoft is going to be transitioning their meetings into the metaverse. Even a lot of artists, like in the music industry, even the entertainment industry are talking now about, you know, like doing concerts from their living room within the metaverse. You're still paying them a ton of money to do it. However, you're right there. Like, God, would you pay for that? Would you pay for a, a no. virtual reality concert? Absolutely not. <laughs> that seems so much work. They're going to have to find some way to make it seem like exclusive. Because if like, you just... It, looking they at probably a, have to like if you're just looking at like a if you're looking at kanye and avatar form singing a song <laughs> like what's the point i yeah. mean i mean it's like it's almost like the same thing with your with the oculus right like you can buy seats to nba games or other sports games and you can sit courtside and you see the view of the courtside camera and so on like 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 that kind of stuff yeah like for me like I'd rather just go on YouTube and look up a courtside game instead of me paying yeah. however much money to watch it from my living room. Like, yeah, I'd agree. I don't, I wouldn't pay for that. That's just me personally. I mean, like, I know people would do it because I mean, that's just whatever they want to do. But um, the only way that I see pe- them being able to sell tickets like crazy doing that is <laughs> let's say Kanye came out and was like, I'm doing a, a, metaverse concert and i'm releasing you know two new songs that are only going to be released there you get to hear them first if you buy this ticket see that'd be sick i feel like all right here's here's the thing if you this is a way that i guess they could spin it if you attend this metaverse concert you get a one-on-one nft from going to that concert something like that that would be sick too like like that makes sense like you get a one-on-one nft to do with the concert or whatever and then you're good to go like that that makes more sense to me than say hey pay me 200 bucks watch me in your living room like (laughs) yeah no that's that's a good idea i didn't even think about that (laughs) nfts are definitely going to be incorporated into oh yeah no doubt ticket sales and stuff like not only just the nft the ticket actually being an nft but apart from that just being able to get collectibles at like concerts when you buy these tickets or things like that so yeah actually if you guys would like to engage in this drop a comment down below or you know like at us or whatever paul and i were having a discussion and we're talking about school versus self-education now before we get into the topic i'm just gonna say nothing wrong with school i mean obviously we both went to school and but self-education is also very very important now a lot of my mentors that i do have i kind of 50 50 if i'm going to be honest a lot of them are very educated from you know university degrees and so on and stuff like that 
then I have the other side of the spectrum where these guys are all are, are they acquired their intelligence through experience. Basically, that's the best way to put it. And this is just my personal opinion. I connect more with those that have gone through the real world experience versus the other route, because this is no knock to those that have a degree and that have gone to school and gone through that system and stuff like that. I just feel that though, and I'm not saying that the people that have attended uh, university and have degrees can't apply what they learned. I just think it's a lot easier for the self-educated people to apply what they've learned. Yeah, that makes sense. I I feel like there's just so much in school, whether it be high school. I I'm, I guess we're probably talking about high school and college education. Yeah. Um, most probably mostly college education, but there's so much in education that they don't teach you. And it's it's most stuff. It, it's mostly preparing you for the workforce. That's what I think. The, the goal of U.S. education is just preparing you for the workforce. And what if you don't want to enter the workforce, you know, like which is probably most people our age. They don't want to enter the workforce. They want to create something of their own. They want to be financially independent. And those kind of things are not taught in school. Whereas, you know, like listening to finance podcasts has been something I've gotten into in the last like year or so. And I've learned more listening to podcasts like that than any amount in school. Yeah. And it's benefited me in the real life way more than anything in school I've learned. 100%. And like, the thing about school is they teach you so many irrelevant things. Now, I mean, the biggest pro for me personally about school is, okay, you learn how to work under pressure. You get to meet different people of different cultures, different backgrounds, different economic levels. So you learn how to adapt to different situations. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you also learn how to prepare yourself for the workforce but the most important thing for me about school is you get to network because you will meet people in school that will be in your life for the rest of your life. Like that's the thing. Yeah. And you will learn a lot about real life experience going to school and how to interact with people. Like that's the most important thing that I take from school, but from a learning education standpoint, I would go the self-education route because like you said i've learned more from finance podcasts in the last two years than i have in the whole entire time i've been in school mm-hmm. yeah it's a good point i totally agree with you that self-education is maybe the way to go and that the benefit might be networking another benefit i would say of school would just be critical thinking and like time management skills yeah like for sure regardless of what you're learning in school you're having to use critical thinking skills and on top 100%. of that, you have seven classes to deal with, or maybe maybe less in college. Uh, you have a bunch of classes to deal with, so it kind of forces you to learn time management. That's another thing. But those are all things that you can learn other places. School is just one avenue of doing that. I, I really don't think our education system has something that's just like can't be replaced, you know? No, 100%. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I, I truly believe it could just be replaced with, some other form of education like I I struggle when I think of having a kid in the future I don't know I don't do I homeschool my kid do I am I doing a disservice by homeschooling them you know or am I doing a a disservice by sending them to school you know or I I don't know or is there going to be a completely new metaverse way of education in the future who knows (laughs) 
but Excellent. I think about it with my like having a kid all the time on just kind of the failures of school and whether it's even worth it you know definitely I mean and I look at my personal experiences like obviously you and I and to our audience we're on a venture to you know for our own financial independence like mm-hmm. or even just giving our experience for wherever this channel goes and I mean our hope for 2022 is that we can grow exponentially but I mean this is us using our critical thinking and our self-education to come together to form this idea to basically put it out to people because this isn't something that you're taught in school either mm-hmm. and a point that I forgot that I was going to bring up like all right take finance classes for example I you and myself and even some of the people that will be watching this we know more about cryptocurrency than any professor is ever going to try and teach you right like and it's just from our self-education and our personal experience in the last couple of years and the thing is a lot of these um and we're just talking about like you know crypto here just for this current second a lot of these professors a lot of these teachers now have to adjust their mind out of their old money mindset and learn all of this stuff but they're behind us who have been in it for a while now yeah yeah their their education was based on previous knowledge not new technology that's coming out no exactly I like I remember that they said something it's like by the time you've graduated college you have to pretty much forget everything that you've learned because there's new information out yeah that's interesting yeah I would say probably none of my professors know about crypto and how they work and I take I've taken a a bunch of finance classes uh okay so now that it is the end of the year or I guess it's the beginning of the new year um for everybody I thought it would be good if we kind of give our thoughts on 2022. Like, what, where do we think things are going? What industries are we looking at? What, what coins are we looking at? Just anything like that. Um, I guess I'll start. I, I have a view of 2022 that there is obviously a lot of fear right now of a potential crash. And that absolutely could happen in 2022. So I'm keeping that in mind. But with regards to what I'm looking at, I'm really looking at utility-based assets, you know, at least in the crypto space. I'm not really buying Bitcoin or Ethereum unless I just got to pay for a gas fee because that's frustrating. <laughs> but I'm buying a th- I'm not buying Bitcoin or Ethereum or I'm, I'm mostly buying utility-based assets because I'm scared. I have fear <laughs> of all the other things. I have no idea where any of that stuff is going. But if I can invest in something that I can see the utility, I can see how it's going to change an industry, then I'm not so worried about it because it's not so speculative to me. So yeah, I have I have my sights on those. As far as stocks, big tech, man, those are going to be huge. The ones we talked about, Apple, Google, Microsoft, uh, Tesla, those are going to be the the winners, of course, like they always are. I really don't think small cap stocks next year will probably do so well, which is unfortunate because I have some small cap stocks, but we'll see. That's kind of what I'm looking at next year. What, what about you? Yeah, I like that. You know, like the saying, new year, new me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, there is quite a bit of fear in the market, like we talked about earlier. Um the projections of where the market was supposed to go, the general consensus, it did not go there, which I, to be honest, I expected. For me right now, I've been consolidating the gains that I have made into utility projects. Like like Paul said, because I spend a lot of time in utility projects. I'm a utility maximalist. That doesn't mean that that's all I buy. I mean, I take advantage of ROI whenever I can. 
from what I learned. I'm not perfect. No one is. And I've made some bad trades and made some good ones. But that's my focus this year or last year, 20, the whole of 2021. I, I let Paul know about this as well. So I have been testing projects for the whole entire year. And my test portfolio outperformed 90% of the users on its platform that I used to do it. So, I mean, it gives me a good indication as to the research that Paul and I both do. And don't forget to do your own as well. So, so um, let me just get it straight. So you, you basically had a second uh, portfolio that you kind of, that where you tried a different investment strategy, kind of putting it into what? Like I, it was a mix, honestly. Uh, I leverage traded for some. Um, I took more risk. <laughs> yes, yes, actually, a okay. few. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. My metaverse plays that I made towards the end of the year gave me the highest ROI, mm. and they were very, as very quick returns. Again, that's not guaranteed. That's just what happened to me. I did a number of things that I was afraid to do. I have my main portfolio that I don't touch. Those are my utility assets. I'm not going to gamble with those. But I did take a percentage and I created this port, the second portfolio and I had some fun with it. So I wanted to experience because, you know, the best kind of experience is your first hand-on experience. So I wanted to, wanted to be able to share this with you guys. Um, like I said, Paul has known about this for a year now. And now that the year is done, I got my recap back so yeah i tested a lot of different strategies that i was afraid to test at first but yeah so i've learned i've learned a lot and going into 2022 i'm gonna you know share up what i have learned as for stocks i have long positions to be honest i'm not in the stock market right now i've rotated myself completely out besides the projects that i do hold which are blue chips pretty much yeah um if i were to go back into the stock market it would be post crash and I am looking at AI, sustainable energy, and DNA sequencing. Those mm-hmm. are the and and maybe system and, and power. Those are the four things that I would be looking at. Um, banking. I'm gonna get my banking from crypto. If I'm being honest, like that. That's the industry I would go into in crypto. I like that. But yeah, yeah, those are huge industries. I think that absolutely are things people should be looking at to invest in. I, I've got stocks that are in each of those. Cybersecurity as well. That's just pretty big. It's a big one. Let's see. I, one thing going into 2022, uh, one area that everybody should be aware of, at least, is you know everybody's worried about inflation right now, and it's really bad. I know that. So unemployment has been dropping. Everything has been being good except inflation. Um, you know, we have unemployment down to like four point something percent from like fifteen inflation is really bad and the fed's going to increase increase their interest rates next year it's just a matter of what happens with covid is there going to be more money printing is there going to be less money printing you'd think there's going to be more be, money printing yeah with our administrations probably like with the build back better plan for example that's so much money will the fed like with decreasing interest rates will they make it so that we don't have to print as much i don't know but that's just so, something that's really important that w- whatever happens with inflation next year will have a huge impact on our economy. So it's, a, it's something to be aware of. So moving into the final part of our episode, we like to give some advice to everybody listening, uh, whether it be financial or just about life. So I'm going to start something. There's, there, I'm going to give two this, this episode, actually. The, the first one is just a brief one. I'm just going to say get some sleep because I 
recently have not been getting enough sleep. I'm exhausted right now. I am exhausted all the time because I'm doing so much and I do not get enough sleep. And it, I've noticed it affects my day. It affects how good I'm able to speak on a podcast or, or it just affects me in all sorts of ways. So you need to get sleep. That's, that's one. The second one is to, we, we talked a lot about self-education, this podcast and about the difference between, you know, going to college and educating yourself. Well, yes, college is great, like we said, and it's great, but you really, everybody needs to start educating themselves on what they're interested in. So maybe it's not finance. If, if you're listening to this podcast, it probably, it might be that, but whatever it is for you, start learning about it. Just start doing some research, watch videos on some, you know, reliable figures that, that are in the space and just start learning because you're going to learn more doing that than any, anything you'll learn at school or from friends or anything. So, so that would be uh, my advice. Yeah, that's perfectly said. Very perfectly said, especially about sleep, because I don't sleep. And you know that. <laughs> yeah. See, I got my I got my coffee in my hand. I'm stuttering <laughs> my words. It's just it is what it is. But yeah, for me personally, because it is the new year, I would say set some goals. They don't have to be too big. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You want to set small goals, achieve those small goals, and those small goals will lead you into the bigger ones. I think, for, and I'm just speaking from personal experience, last year I tried that method out because in previous years I've set big goals for myself, but some of them were unachievable because I made them too big. But last year I tried out, you know, setting small goals. And every time I got over these small goals, you know, it gave me the confidence to go achieve the bigger goal. And I mean, it's a method that works for me. Hopefully it can work for you guys. And like I said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So that's that's my advice. I like that. Yeah, I've, I've set some goals for myself going into next year. It's it's definitely good to set achievable goals. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, this was episode four. Four. This was episode four. Is it, is it four? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Whatever episode this is, thanks for watching. We made it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> bro we're gonna we're gonna start losing track of these numbers so subscribe <laughs> subscribe Wait, on ethereum, youtube ethereum is episode four i think yeah yeah so this is episode five. <laughs> oh shit we're five episodes deep already I think. let's go <laughs> i don't know four or five thanks for watching <laughs> subscribe follow <laughs>